Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. I'm going to read the scripture and I'm going to get right to this message, but I don't want to move forward. You cannot, listen, what church cannot do is turn a blind eye to the things that are happening in this world. It must be addressed. They must be interceded for. And we must believe that God is bigger than everything that is happening on this planet. Amen. Uh, If you got your Bibles, Luke 10, 1 through 3, those are the verses that this series Among the Wolves is is built on. But we're going to take a deep dive today into Matthew 5 verses 13 through 16 but I'll start with Luke 10 if you have your phones you can take them out right now I promise you I will will not make jokes about your phones today I promise you but uh jump on the cool church app the notes are right in the app right now how many y'all got the cool church app wave your phone at me awesome there's over 2,000 people on the app right now if you have an iPhone like me you get automatic updates on your app. But if you so happen to be a sinner, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But if you happen to not have an iPhone, you have an Android or any other God-forsaken device, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. God, people are going to leave the church. I got an Android. I'm leaving. Um, you're going to have to uh, delete the app and re-download it on Google Play. Am I wrong? Not the one that's Miramar. There's two versions on Google Play. All right. If it says Miramar on it, that's not the one. Get the other one. That's the, that's the save one. Okay. Don't get the center one. Get the save one. Okay. And the reason you want it is because everything, like this app. How many of you have the new app and you think it's way better than the old app? Just make some noise so you know I'm not lying. Okay. It's way better. Then the old app, we did a lot of updating on it just to make things easy for you. Like on my way over here, I was like, man, I need some good worship music. I went to the app and I found a cool worship playlist and it had a bunch of songs that I never even heard before, uh, which is dope because our team uh, curates that stuff constantly to put new music on there for you. There's a way to track your giving all year long. There's notes. There's the Bible on audio. It's, it's crazy. There's a lot of great stuff. So if you're online, family, take that out. Use it right now. But let me see who's part of the Ugly Bible Club. Who has like an old leather mound Bible? Wave it at me. Let me see. Let me see. All right. I see. Ira, I see. Ira, that might be the biggest Bible I've ever seen in all. Of, but Ira's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to grossly over-exaggerate this. Ira's like 10, uh, 6'10" like 275 pounds of muscle. No, he's not that big, but he's a trainer and he's really awesome and he's huge and I'm scared of him. Um, I would not mess with Ira. He's that guy. Um, he, 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 is, he loves Jesus. Um, try Jesus. Don't try him. Okay. He will lay, he will put those paws on you. No, he's really nice, but I'm still terrified. I love you, Ira. I just message you because I love you, but that's the biggest Bible I've seen in 2022 and I love it. I love it. Listen, don't mess with somebody with, with, a, with a clean Bible, man. I'm just, I'm just kidding. So, somebody got offended. You know, somebody wrote me on YouTube because they was offended. It was like, sir, my Bible's clean because I just got it. It doesn't mean that I don't love. I was like, man, I'm sorry, man. My bad. I just, you know, I just be saying stuff. Don't be paying. Don't be paying no attention to me, man. I just be saying stuff. 
Um, <laughs> so ask, because we're at a school. Luke 10, 1 through 3 reads like this, should come up on the screen behind me. After the Lord appointed 72 others, Jesus was on his way to the cross. He appointed 72 disciples. It wasn't just 12. It was a bunch of disciples. And he sent them out two by two to cast out demons, to heal people, to bless people, to perform miracles. He sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Verse 3. Here's where the series comes from. Go! I am sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. I'm sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. What is this series about? Among the wolves. It's, it's, it's the fact that we are sheep among the wolves. We are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And Jesus will send you out into this world as a sheep amongst the wolves. Now, I know that does not sound too comforting, but here's the one thing you got to know. If Jesus is sending you out like a sheep amongst a wolf, you don't have to worry because you know you always have a shepherd. Disciples have a shepherd. And this is all about discipleship. And along with this, we've started up a discipleship class um, as we're in week four of this, we're going into a new week of the class. We do it every Wednesday. Anybody part of discipleship class? Just wave at me. Yeah. Oh, I love it. There's about 69 people that are a part of discipleship class showing up every week. If you missed it in this season, we're going to start it again in the next season. It's eight weeks. I promise you it'll bless your life. You're going to dig into the Bible more than you ever have. Among the wolves is all about discipleship. Now I want you to turn to um, Matthew chapter five, verses 13 through 16. Matthew 5, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, first book of the New Testament. Just flip your Bible halfway and bam, you should run right after it. If you, uh, if you see Malachi, just go a little, a little bit further and you're going to be at Matthew. Matthew 5, 13 through 16 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, somebody say, look at your neighbor say, you salty. I know that sounds like it has a negative connotation in 2022, but look at your other neighbor, the one you don't like so much, and you call them salty too. Say, you salty. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So some people are like, I don't know if I should say that. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? These are the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. He says, it is no longer good for anything. If the salt loses its saltiness, it's not good for anything, except be to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. My goodness. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Oh, I like that. That's a good place to say amen. Let's pray. If you taking notes, you can entitle this, mes this message this. This is discipleship principle number four. Lead by example. Lead by example. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you 
for each and every person that decided in their heart to be here today. But God, before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew everybody that was going to be here today. God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, open hearts, minds, and ears to be open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. God, let somebody meet him today that never met him before. And God, I pray there's somebody that hasn't been cool with him for a while, that they come back today. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone set. Everyone set. Take about five seconds and give God a shout of praise. Come on. And shout out to Tiff and Alex, man. Weren't they amazing hosts? My goodness gracious. Everybody can't do that, man. That's, that's not easy. I love it. Um, let, let, me, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been guilty of setting a bad example? Uh, you know, y'all say, so I'm going to talk about me because I'm the chief sinner in this room. I have set some bad examples in my life. Anybody ever set some bad examples in their life? My father, and uh, I realized the day I became a father that I could no longer set bad examples. But some old habits are really hard to break. Um, my daughter, uh, Valencia, I talk about her a lot. Uh, we call her Vava. She's, she's the best. I love her to death. But I'm like, I'm always trying to like watch myself because I want to set a good example for her, right? And I'm, I'm realizing the older my child gets, she's 12 now. I'm like, yo, she's starting to do things that I do, not just the good things that I do. She's starting to do the things that are not so good that I do. Like I'm a closet snacker. I love snacks. Like you got some gummy bears there, I'm going to have a good time. Like I love snacks. I love chips, them Tostitos with that hint of lime. Mm. That hint. Woo. Chips. My child makes every meal a sandwich. Gets that from dad. Listen, I'll put anything between two pieces of bread. I'll put cake in between some bread and be like, man, this sandwich is so good. Child makes sandwiches out of everything. And it drives her mother crazy because, you know, Joanne, she's like, we have to eat our fruits and vegetables. And then I'm like, man, give me some bread. My baby girl's the same way. But the, uh, the other day, she follows me in like all kinds of silly things that I do. But there's, there's times in your life. Where, where your children hold you accountable because they call you out on your nonsense. I was driving in my car. This happened yesterday. Um, it's very fresh in my mind. And me and my daughter, the best conversations we ever had are in the car. Like, that's our spot. I take her to school. I pick up. Our car conversations are epic. I, I, I hear about all kinds of crazy stuff. I feel like the car is like her confessional, you know? So we get in the car and we driving and I'm just doing my thing. I'm driving. She's like, Dad. I'm like, what's up? She said, can I be honest with you? I'm like, there's no conversation that ever starts well when somebody says, can I be honest with you? Because you, you know, like, you're not going to like what they got to say next. So I'm trying to maintain my composure. I'm like, you're 12. What you know about can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Did you clean your room? Like, it's the petty side of me. It's like, Dad, can I be honest with you? I'm like, what's, what's going on, baby girl? I'm like bracing myself. I'm like, where is this conversation about to go? She's like, Dad, um, when, when you drive, I'm like, I'm like, where's this about to go? Like, nobody likes a backseat driver. So I'm like, I'm like, you don't even know how to drive. You're talking about my driving. So I'm like already like getting tense and offended. She's like, Dad, when you drive, sometimes... Like, I be, I be seeing, I see 
the speed limit <laughs> will say 40, but are there any police officers in this room? You be going a little higher. I'm not going to say how much higher than the speed limit. She's like, Daddy, that was like, Dad, what's up with that? She's like, I'm not, Daddy, she's like, Daddy, it worries me. I'm like, who are you? And like, you know, because I'm like, you know, I got my machismo and I got my pride. I'm like, girl, be quiet. I'm like, listen, 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 don't worry about that. Hey, hey, hey. and I say this line that all, all parents probably say and we should never say, but we say it anyway. We say this, you say, do as I say. Man, I'm not the only bad parent out there. Do as I say, not as I do. You follow the speed limit, but I got places to be. Immediately, I got convicted by the Holy Spirit. I was like, baby, I, and then I was trying to like make excuses for why I speed. I was like, that day I really had to go to the restroom. And I was like, you know what, baby girl, I said, I said, you know what, I can't even be mad at that. You're right. You know what it made me do? Slow down. I got convicted by my child. Jesus used my child as the Holy Spirit to slow me down. I found myself realizing I was setting a bad example for my child. Because whether I realize it or not, she's watching every little thing I do. If I'm driving and I pull out my phone, she's like, um, I'm like, my bad. My child's watching everything I do. And if I allow pride to come into the picture, I could say, do as I say, not as I do. I want you to understand something. To be a disciple, you cannot live a do as I say, not as I do lifestyle. Because the moment you decide to follow Jesus, people are looking to see if what you say lines up with what you do. The moment you decide to follow Jesus, it is over for do as I say, not as I do lifestyle. There's so many people that choose not to follow Jesus because there's a lot of Christians that say one thing and do another. We cannot be people that expect people to believe in the God that we believe if we don't even do what we believe. We, if we want to truly be disciples, we cannot live a do as I say, not as I do lifestyle. We must lead by example. Everything we do, the greatest sermon you could ever preach is never with your words, and I will continue to say this, it is always with your life. People are, listen, the moment you decide to follow Jesus, you have a spotlight on you. And when people know about it, they are going to look at everything you do to see if what you do lines up with what this book says. So how do disciples lead by example? I got two quick things, and I promise you will lead. If you want to be a disciple that leads by example, because I don't want to be a disciple that says one thing and does another, 
you want to be a disciple that leads by example, disciples need to be salt. Disciples should be salt. Disciples must be salt. Look at what Matthew 5, 13 through 16 says. Jesus, after he, he gives the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the meek. After he says that, he ends that, that whole set of Beatitudes, blessings, he ends it with this, 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 this statement in Matthew 13, 16. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. He tells you all these ways that you should be so that you, should be, that, so that you can be blessed. And then he tells you, he tells you that you have to actually be a living, breathing example in that. But the way he tells us that, he doesn't just say go be an example. He tells you what to be to be an example. He says you must be salt and light. He says in Matthew 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Why salt? Of all the, the things that Jesus could have compared a discipleship walk to, why would he ever say salt? There are three reasons that I'm going to give you that Jesus says salt that I can back up scripturally. But the first is this. You have to understand why salt? Salt is, write this down, salt is precious, salt preserves, and salt persuades. Salt is precious, salt preserves, and salt persuades. Why is salt precious? You have to understand that when Jesus said this, this is why I love to give you context of scripture all the time. He says, be be the salt of the earth. The people that Jesus would have been saying that to would have understood why salt is the first one, why it's precious. Why is salt precious? At the time, you have to understand that the world superpower was not the United States of America. We did not exist. The world superpower at the time was the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire, everyone was ruled by Rome. And the Jews, they were looking for a Messiah that would come down and overthrow the Roman government at the time. They were waiting. They didn't want to believe that Jesus was the Messiah because they believed that when the Messiah, when the Savior came, he would overthrow the Roman government of the day. Why is that important in context to salt being precious? Because what you must also understand is that there were often times where the Roman government would pay their soldiers in salt. They would pay their soldiers in salt because salt was a valued commodity at the time. You ever heard the saying, somebody is worth their weight in salt? That's where that comes from. That's the origin of that. If somebody is worth their weight in salt, that's a really good thing for somebody to say about you because salt was, was such a valuable commodity that it was actually used as a form of legal tender at the time. You have to understand, salt was like money. And I don't know if y'all been looking, if you're going to try to buy some pink Himalayan sea salt at the store, that junk ain't cheap. It ain't cheap now. But it was really valuable back then. Really valuable. So if somebody was worth their weight in salt, 
It was saying like, man, this is a valuable human being. Why is the first reason that Jesus calls us salt? Because he is he's saying you are precious. You are a, if you are a disciple, you are a valued commodity. I want you to understand you should never let people tell you that you are not special. You are precious in God's eyes. You are worth more than your weight and gold. You are so valuable that to God you were worth Jesus. Stop letting people tell you you're not valuable as a disciple of our Lord and Savior. You are a valuable commodity on this earth. Because if the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, it means, like my wife told us weeks ago, that the workers are valuable. There's not many of us. If there's seven and a half billion people on this planet, Statistics would say, and you can't fully believe statistics because how do we actually know? But statistics would say that there's about 2 billion Christians on the planet. 2 billion out of 7.5 billion, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We must understand how valuable we are in this kingdom. We are, if you are a disciple of Jesus, he's trying to tell you you are a valued commodity. You are precious. So salt is not only precious, though. Salt preserves. It's a preservative. It slows down the decay of things. When you have Nova or you have lox, I know I love my bagels and lox. The way they preserve that salmon is they rub it down in salt jerky, sausage. They have high salt contents because salt is used as a preservative for meat. So why does that matter in context to us as it pertains to discipleship? We must be like salt because we must preserve Christ's influence on culture. We got to preserve it. Why? Because I don't know about you, but in all the media that I see, in everything that I see, I feel like people are working really hard to take God out of everything. They're taking God out of everything. What are we here for if we cannot preserve Christ's culture on this earth? Like, it's not okay for God to be... There's, there, are, there are things that God has been taken out of and we have literally seen them degrade over time. Look at our schools. We are called to be salt because we are supposed to be a preservative of kingdom culture in an earthly space. You have to ask yourself, it's becoming so normal to take God out of things. How do we truly preserve Christ's culture? You must ask yourself, are you PC or are you BC? You know what PC is. Politically correct. That's what happens when you want to be a way that you can please everybody. You're politically correct. I don't ever want to be politically correct. And I'm sorry if I offend you. Actually, I'm really not sorry if I offend you. Because I don't care about being politically correct. I'd rather be BC. I'd rather be biblically correct. I would rather be biblically correct any day over being politically correct. I'm sorry if this is your first time here. But this is an offensive book. Have you ever read it? It's really offensive. 
It's not about this, 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 this is for everyone. It's not. It's not for everyone. Because everyone can read it. Everybody's not going to get it. I'm not going to dumb down who I am in faith to make somebody feel better. I refuse. I would rather be BC than PC. You have to ask yourself, are you politically correct? Are you biblically correct? PC believes in the scientific version of creation called evolution. I'm not PC. I'm BC. I know there is one God in heaven that created everything. In the beginning, Genesis 1-1, God created the heavens and the earth. I am not evolved from a single cell organism. I come from the breath of the most high God breathed into the ground and my wife came from my rib. I believe in the creation story. I believe everything that God made in the beginning was perfect. You only believe in evolution because you believe that there's not a God that can make everything perfect in the beginning. Ev evolution believes that things get better over time. Creation says it was perfect in the beginning. It was perfect and man perverted it. And ever since we've been trying to get back to who we were created to be. Y'all don't want me to. I'm not PC about that. I'm very BC. PC people. They pray to a God, a God, lowercase g, that doesn't offend anyone. BC people pray in Jesus' name. I put Jesus' name all up in my prayers. Because I want you to know exactly what God, when I, what I'm talking about when I talk about my God. I pray in the name of Jesus because John 14, 13 says, and I will do whatever you ask in my what? Name. I don't pray in the name of Terrence, it's not going to get me anywhere. I don't pray in the name of Cool Church, that won't help. I pray in the name of Jesus. It says, and it says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that my father may be glorified in his son. God wants Jesus to get the glory. Use his name when you pray. Stop trying to say them pretty prayers around your friends so you don't offend them. I, when, listen, I'll be at Chili's and I say, in the name of Jesus, bless this food. Listen, I want you to know who saved and sanctified my food. I want you to know. I ain't praying to the cook. Cook can't bless that food. I'm praying to the one that created the stuff that the chef uses to make the food. And I want you to know, I want to make no mistake about who it is. His name is Jesus. So everything I ask for, I ask in his name. Why? Because at that name, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. At that name, demons, they hear and shudder at that name. Some of y'all praying for God to take your problems away, but you're not praying with the name that terrifies the enemy that's been attacking you, that's making you struggle. No, 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 no. You better stop praying to some God out there and pray to the one true God whose name is Jesus because that name terrifies any enemy that you believe is attacking you. I pray in Jesus' name. Y'all better stop acting like y'all scared to say who is in charge.
Keep me in PC. I pray in the Lord's name. Amen. No. Pray in the name of Jesus. PC people believe. I believe in human wisdom and understanding. BC people knows that God's ways are the only way. Isaiah 55, hey, he says, my thoughts, you want to, you, go ahead, keep, keep thinking. Keep trusting your own thinking. Keep trusting that. The Bible I read tells me, God says this about himself, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. He actually even goes and say, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Some of y'all think you can think your way out of a problem. Your thoughts ain't enough. It's not enough. No. I, 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 God, hey, my thoughts are trash. I need, <laughs> I need your thoughts to become my thoughts because I don't know enough. I'm never going to know enough. But you know everything. You created everything. So I don't trust the way I think. I want to lean on the way you think because once again, if you designed it perfect in the beginning, I want your will, not my will. Your thoughts are higher than, you keep trying to, to listen to human understanding all you want to, you'll always come up short. You'll always come up short. PC people believe and give medical advancement the credit for healing. Medical advancement. That's cool. Oh, yeah, we came out with this vaccine so fast because we're, we're so, we're, we're, we're t t because, because we're so much smarter now. We were able to take the proteins from here and here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cute. I don't believe that. I, I believe that we're seeing a rapid decline in COVID. No, I believe we're seeing it. Because BC people know that by his we are healed. Listen, I don't care how many vaccines. I got some vaccine in me, but I don't care. Listen, I put the vaccine in me because I thought it was the right thing to do, but I never trusted a vaccine to heal me. I always trust God in heaven to heal me and protect me because by his stripes, I am healed. At the end of the day, I go to doctors when I'm sick because I know that God will work through the doctors to heal me. I take medicine. I take Robitussin. I take Tylenol. But when I put it in, I say, God, whatever they use to make this Tylenol, I know that you made it. So God, thank you for making it because I know what you made will heal me. I am not telling you don't take medicine. I'm just telling you know where the medicine really comes from. Who gave the doctor or the scientist the mind to make the medicine? Maybe the medicine is the cure. Who gave him the mind to make it? Maybe the vaccine is the cure. Who gave him the mind to make it? He didn't just give him the mind. He gave him the resources too. Everything that we have comes from some aspect of nature that man did not create. Stop giving medical advancements the credit for something God already did. This is what BC people know. PC people, they believe in this statement that bothers me and I preached about it so much. They believe in my truth. See, the problem with my truth is my truth allows you and gives you license to do anything. My truth. 
if you believe in my truth, then you will succumb to my God. What does that mean? If your truth is the only truth that you listen to, then you have forfeited your right for the God of the heavens to be the God over you because you have now become the God of yourself. Because the only truth you believe is your own. And so what you're essentially saying when you say, this is my truth, you know what you're saying? You are now the center of the universe. Is your truth? So that means if, it, if, if, it's your, if it's your truth and I don't align with your truth, you're going to be upset and offended because now you are saying that the world revolves around you. It's your truth? What happens when we all have truth? Your truth and my truth and this truth. It's like, ha, 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 ha. there's, when everybody has truth, there's confusion. There's nothing but confusion. But PC people, so you don't debate them or so you don't talk to them, they always end with, well, this is just my truth. So I'm just supposed to sit here and let you rest in your ignorance? Because you don't want to hear the truth? You want my truth. You don't want the truth. My PC people believe in my truth. PC people know that Jesus is the only truth. That's why John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man gets to the Father except through me. When you live your truth, you become your own God. And the Bible I read tells me that thou shalt have no other gods before me. We are called to preserve Christ's kingdom culture in this world no matter what. We got to preserve it. Don't be PC and just go the way everybody else is going. Listen, the, the road to destruction is wide. There's a lot of people on it. I don't want to go the way everybody's going. I want to go God's way because it's the only way that leads to life and life more abundantly. Amen? So, it's precious salt. It preserves, but it persuades. It persuades. Um, a synonym for the word persuades is it influences. I love salt because salt is not influenced. It's an influencer. Like, you've never went to a restaurant and ordered a plate of salt with a side of meal. You order a meal, and then there's a side of salt on the table. Because nobody's going to eat a full plate of salt. They're not going to do that. Salt is meant to flavor whatever it is put on. Things don't flavor salt. Salt flavors things. I love salt because salt influences things. I'm, like, I love being the dad of my family because, like, I'm salt. I'm salt in my own family. Like, I have a strong influence on my family. Why? Because I know it is my job to lead by example. You got to be salt in your families. I love, I love once again my kid because once again as she gets older, I'm starting to see my influence on her more and more all the time. Um, the other day, uh, we, were, we were getting ready for school as we always do. Me and her mom, we, we pray in the morning. Um, we do all that, put oil on that baby forehead. I don't care if she get a pimple right there. I'm going to keep putting it on the same spot every day. <laughs> she get mad. She's like, Dad. I'm like, whatever. You getting that junk slapped on there? Because I got you to gotta know you got some protection when you go out up in this crazy world. So you pray, 
And I always kind of give my, my baby a, a once over. And I, I look, I'm like, all right, I got I to gotta make sure you're good. And if you know me long enough now, you know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a sneakerhead. I have a problem. I Lord, help me. Shoes a lot. Like sneakers a lot. So I'm always looking at my child's sneakers. Like, I'm like, the one thing you can't do, do not leave this house with jacked up looking shoes. I don't think you need expensive shoes. I just think you need to clean your shoes. I'm the person that when I get home today, before I put these shoes back in the box, I'm going to clean them off with a toothbrush and then put them back in the box. That's me. I've done that for years. I have shoes that are 10, 15 years old because, am I lying? They just Because I take care of all my stuff. Because when I was a kid, I didn't know when the next time I was going to get a nice pair of shoes. Not that my parents, was, my parents worked hard. But it was like, hey, if you want something else, you better take care of what you got. Learn my lesson. So I'm always looking at her shoes. And uh, before, like, like, so the other day, so the other day she was, she was about to leave. I gave it a once. So I looked, I looked down her shoes. I was like, bye-bye. Like, bye-bye. And I went down, bent down, kind of fixed the shoes. And I did my little dad thing to the shoes. And she, she looked back at me, and it warmed my heart. She was like, Dad, thanks for making sure I look cool. I was like, oh. It's with sneakers because she knows, like, so, like, even when we go, when we go shopping for shoes, like, her mom, her mom will, like, pick out, her mom will pick out, like, some sneakers. And she, and she'll be like, Bye, look at these. And I'll be like, what does Dad have to say about it? Laugh, it, war- it warms my heart. It warms my soul. I have influenced my child in this way. When it comes to shoes, she listens to me. But when I look at my child and say, Baba, fix your hair, you know what she does? She laughs. I have no influence in that area. She goes to mom for hair. She comes to dad for shoes because she know her daddy don't know a blooming thing about hair. She understands that. Why? Because it's hard for people to listen to you when they don't respect your influence in an area. If you're going to clap, clap. Don't give me a petty clap. Like nobody would come to this church and listen to me if you didn't believe my life aligned aligned with this book. You wouldn't listen to Joanne's and I influence if you didn't think that we actually walked outside and lived the life that we were preaching to you. Is my family perfect? No. But you respect how I take care of is, 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 is our business perfect? No. But you respect how we run it and you continually see the growth in it. So it's an influence on you. Is, is, Am I the best preacher in the world? No! Some of y'all, you, you're nice. Yeah. Please, no, please, no, please, please, no, please, please, please. Am I the best preacher in the world? No! But you know I care enough about you to teach you the word so that you don't have to rely on me. You respect my influence in that area. You listen to us because we have a Christ-like influence in everything that we touch. Here's the truth, and it's just simple. People don't listen to people that make things worse. They listen to people that make things better. Some people. 
I, I wish that was true of everybody. As simple as that sounds, everybody's like, yes, but you don't do that. Like, stop being influenced with people with no flavor. Like, some of y'all are influenced by, it makes me laugh when I see some of the people that people are influenced by. They have no flavor at all. Like, it's, it's dating advice from the person with the worst relationships. Well, my girlfriend said, your girlfriend ain't had a man in 10 years. Well, my dude said, he done cheated on every girl he ever been with in his life. Why you listening to him? No flavor. You take business advice from people who have never been able to make a business profitable. Man, let me tell you how to spend your money. Pause. Please don't. Because you're in debt up to your eyeballs. Don't tell me, don't tell me how to spend a dollar that you ain't even got. Don't do it. You taking life advice from coaches with the wrong playbook. Stop just taking all this, all this advice. Why? Why are you taking all this advice, but you're getting it from people that have a bad source? Like, 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 I see people, <laughs> you getting influenced by influencers on social media who have never provided you with a real service, but want you to provide them with some money. Let me sip this. You send me $5.99 every month, I'll tell you how to live you. What? Like, if you really want me, a good, want me to live a good life, why you got to charge me for it? Like you don't just want me to live good like you? You got charged. Oh, okay. Because I'm an influencer and I've built my platform and my brand. Shut up. Shut up. In Jesus' name. If you are salt, stop taking advice from bland people. Stop letting something that is not as salty as you influence you. Look at your neighbor say, you salty. We need to reclaim that because in this generation, saltiness means a, a petty person or a hater. Listen, I, I'm the saltiest person in the room. And I ain't ashamed to be salty because that just means I got flavor, man. Here comes the brand new flavor in your ear. Shout out to Craig Mack. Where all my OG hip hop cat? Okay, let me stop. Ain't none of us saved right now. It's salt. Stop taking advice from bland people. Because here's the reality. You know what salt with no flavor is used for? Gravel. Gravel. It's gravel. It's something that goes where? Under your foot. Christ followers don't live their lives to be stepped on. We live our lives where people follow in our steps. I'm not gravel. I'm salt. So if you want to be a disciple, you got to be salt, but disciples should also be light. Disciples should be light. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Whew. That's powerful. Light bringers 
are truth bringers because that's what light does. It exposes things. What is darkness? The absence of light. That's all it is, is the absence of light. So when light comes in the picture, thank God for the lights in this room, I get to see all of your beautiful faces because light exposes things. I love light because light is important because it provides clarity. Without light, there is no clarity. Today, we are literally living in the reality of a dream that Dr. King had because he was willing to bring some clarity to what he wanted. He was specific. He said, I have a dream for X, Y, and Z. And as we celebrate on this Black History Month, here's the thing that you have to know about clarity and shining light on a situation. It's going to require you to take some risk because when you bring light on a situation, not only does it expose the beauty in something, it exposes the ugly truth about it as well. When Martin Luther King said, I have a dream, it was beautiful to all of us, but it made a bunch of people mad because it exposed the ugly truth about America. When he said, I have a dream that my four little children will grow up in a nation where they are judged by the, by not, where they are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Some people say, yeah, I got that dream too. Other people said, we got to kill that dream. It exposed something very ugly about our humanity in this country. Because he was willing to be clear and shine light on something, it provided clarity to the next generation to continue the fight. But it also exposed the ugly truths that we had to deal with each and every day. Some of those ugly truths have reared their ugly head again and they are still here today. But we got to be light bringers. We got to expose these things. A disciple of Jesus is willing to shine the light on the darkness of the world because we want to bring about real effective change. And you cannot change something that has not been exposed. You got to expose it by the light. See, there's people in this room right now, and the reason you are stuck in the darkness of life that you are in now because you are not honest enough with yourself to shine a light on the dark places of your life and expose them. You can't even think about being light until you brought some exposure on yourself. It's not easy. It's not an easy pit. It's not like a, whoo, amen word. Like, whoo, I got some ugly stuff in me. I got to shine a light on, whoo. No, it's not that word. This is an accountability word because that's what discipleship is. I can't, I can't preach this word to you and not shine a light back on myself. It means I'm every day I'm dealing with the things on the inside of me that Christ is exposing in me. I got to deal with it. If it gets exposed, I have to deal with it. You see, there are some of us that can't move forward because we have not and we will not because of pride and because of fear expose some of the dark realities that are on the inside of us. Like, your pride must be exposed for you to shine bright. It must be. I don't care who you are because here's the truth. If you don't expose pride, it will lead to your fall because pride comes before the fall. That side piece relationship you got must be exposed in order for your other relationships to shine bright. Man, y'all don't want that pornography addiction. Got to get exposed. 
if you want holiness to shine bright in you. That alcohol and drug addiction must be. And here's the thing, man. I know the last two and a half years been real hard for some folks. And some people turn to some substances just because it helped them cope with how crazy life was. And at first it was just something to help you cope. But now it's something that you can't live without. I don't know what that thing is. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of vices in this room. And I'm not just pointing at you. I'm looking at myself, too. I'm just saying, like, people use a lot of different things to cope with. But if you don't expose that thing, you can't shine bright. You must admit it. Anybody in this room has ever been to AA or you've ever heard, heard about people going to Alcoholics Anonymous or, or whatever it is, Anonymous, the first step they will always tell you is, you got to admit it. My name is Terrence, and I got a problem. You cannot deal with a problem that has not been exposed. The real you. Not the church you. The real you. Not the church you. Not Pastor Terrence. Terrence Wilson. Terry, as my family calls me. Y'all don't call me that. <laughs> the real you. Not the church you. Must be exposed if you ever want to shine bright. Nobody's ever going to believe the truth about the word in you if you keep presenting the church you. Because the church you was a standard that nobody can live up to. Church you was fake. I'm, I'm blessed all the You blessed all the time? Like all, all the time? I mean, I know in my heart I'm blessed. I don't always feel that way though. Like the real you. And exposing a reality of a situation will always put you in the best position to lead by example. You know why you can lead by example when you've shined a light? Because people love to follow authenticity. They don't want to follow who you project to be. They want to follow who you actually are. Because truth is, without clarity, there can be no problem. Why? Because shining a light Less about exposing others and always more about exposing yourself. Why do you think I come up here and tell you all these stories about my life? Not to make you feel bad. I'm trying to expose realities of my life. So one, you realize that I'm human going through this human journey just like you. But man, I'm, try I'm trying to get to that, that, that place one day up in heaven where I walk on streets of gold, where I'm walking through pearly gates and I get to look at the face of my Savior and worship and praise all day. And there is no more sorrow. There is no more tears. There is no more crying. There is no more pain. There is no more trial. All I get to do is be with the people I love and I get to be with love himself and light to everyone in the house. The band could come back up. Here's what I want to, here's what I want to like help us with today because as church folk, because I've heard this verse preached a million times and you know what church people do? They read, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in a house. You know what they do? They use that verse as a weapon. It points everything back at just, this verse is telling us, Expose the truth about yourself. Stop lying to yourself. Stop hiding from self. You know the reason that some people don't like to be alone? Because they don't want to deal with themselves. You always got to be up in the middle of something. You got to be out all the time. You got to be in everybody's face. You got to be the life of the party. Because you know the moment you get alone, God's going to deal with you. This verse says, stop hiding. 
Stop hiding from yourself. Because the longer you hide the truth about who you are, the longer it's going to take for you to get to where God has called you to be. There's some ugly truths about myself I had to deal with years ago. And if I didn't, I wouldn't be standing here right now. But the Bible I read tells us to come out of the darkness. Come out of the darkness. Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 8 through 14. It says, for once... walked in the darkness. We walked around in the absence of light. Have you ever tried to walk around in the darkness before? But, li- but this is different. It doesn't even just say that you were walking in the darkness or once you were in darkness. It says once you were darkness. Once you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. It says, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what disobedience, what, what the disobedient do in secret. And that's why people hide for so long, because shame stops them from exposing themselves. It's the shame of what you've done. Sometimes it's not even what you've done. It's the shame of it. It's the shame. Because shame does not want you to be who God has called you to be. Shame wants you to be dark. Shame does not want you to be light. But every, I love this verse 13, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it said, wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I need you to play, man, so I, so I get a little more spiritual in here. <laughs> the word of the Lord for something today is shine a light on your situation. Be honest with yourself about where you are so that you can clearly define what you have to work with. It was a day in my life I had to be real honest about who I was. So I was like, all right, God, this is the clay I got. What can you do with this? I know, I know you made me as an individual, and I'm not like Hanai. I'm not like Katusi. I'm not like Alex. I, I'm not like Tiff. I, I'm not like Annie Isabel. I'm not like them. I'm different. And they're different from me. This is what I got to work with, God. What do you want to do with this? I can't sing. I definitely can't dance. I can't do what others do. I can only do what you built me to do. What are you going to do with this? I think the moment that you start being real with yourself, you open yourself up to the possibilities of what God can do through you. You're only jealous of what God's doing through other people because you have not been real with yourself. The truth is, you cannot shine a light that helps others until you first shine one on yourself. 
What do you do when you allow light to shine on you? What do you do? You cannot just receive light. You must give light. That's what this verse is telling us. You can't just receive it. You must give it. And the only things that give light, you know what they, they, they do? They, they shine. You can't just receive it. You can't be a light taker. You must be a light giver. You must shine. For John 8, 12 tells us, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. But God, you told me to be salt and light. If Jesus is the light, how can I be light? Jesus is the light. I'm, I'm clay. I'm dirt that you breathed into. And you said Jesus is light. As a matter of fact, you said he is the light of the world. And whoever follows him will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You can't be light until light has shined on you. Because if light has shined on you, it can shine through you. You're not clapping yet because you don't get it. Ben, come here, man. I need some help. I need some help. Um, how you doing? You all right? Y'all give it up for Ben one time. I love him to death. He's awesome. Can't be light, Ben, until light has shined on you. Because if it shine on you, it can shine through you. Y'all know the difference between reflecting light and refracting light? Know the difference? I'll tell you. I'll give you some science. That doesn't happen without God. Because you don't need to reflect light. You need to refract it. Reflection involves a change of direction in light waves when they meet a barrier, right? So light travels in waves. When light hits a barrier that is reflective, it bounces off of the barrier. It does not penetrate the barrier. It bounces off of it. Reflection is different from refraction. When something refracts light, the light is the same. It travels in waves, but when it gets to the object that can refract it, it does not bounce off of the object. It passes through the object and then changes direction based upon the shape of the object. Shall I demonstrate? So I got my trusty flashlight here. Uh, if y'all can help us, man, maybe uh, cut these stage lights down. Uh, yeah, cut them, cut them down. As, and I'm going to put my, my trusty flashlight on. I got from Amazon last night. Praise God. Y'all see my light on the ceiling? I'm messing with it there. I love light because with the light, with the lights low, it's like it's really the only thing you notice. And I'm just being really annoying. Woo! Stop shining the light in my eyes. So that's my light. You see my light? Ben, let's demonstrate um, reflecting light. Come to the front here. You got your mirror? Okay. I can, I can hold it on this one. I got you. Okay. So, so there's my mirror. Right now, everybody, you're looking up in the ceiling. You see my light? I'm sorry if you're online. You should have came to church today. You'd be able to see this better. 
I apologize. If you're not in the state, I'm sorry. But I promise you, this illustration is so much better in person. So if you're looking at my light, my light is shooting straight, right? As a matter of fact, why don't you like hold a mirror like this, like that? So Jesus is the light of the world, right? And what does his light do? His light shines down on us. And when it hits us, look, why don't you move that mirror around? See, look up at the ceiling. My light is down, but look, the light is on the ceiling. I'm reflecting light because my light has met a barrier that it cannot pass through. So what does it do? It bounces off of the barrier. It is reflecting light. And the church said, amen. Right? This is what a lot of us look like because the light of Jesus it wants to shine down on us and expose things, but instead of us letting him expose things, we put up a barrier and we bounce him right off. Jesus, I don't want you to get, too, I don't want you to get in my life, man, so I'm going to just go ahead and reflect it that way. I'm going to bounce it that way. Jesus, nah, man, uh-uh, don't get in my business like that. Bounce it that way. Nah, Jesus, I don't want you to dig up my past. Nope. Bounce it that way. No, Jesus, I, I don't want to let go of this relationship. So it was cool. I heard about you. You're trying to shine. Expo no, 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 no. Jesus, I don't want to let go of this addiction, man. It's, it's comforting to me. So you, you bounce him off. I'm not talking about you. I've bounced Jesus off me many a times. He was trying to penetrate me, but I would not allow his light to penetrate. I reflected it because I knew once he got up on the inside, there would be some things that had to change about me. So when you don't want to change, you just reflect. It's like you, 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 you got the light of Jesus on you, but it's really a front. You ain't real because it hasn't changed anything on the inside. It's like Jesus shine on me so I could be seen. But don't actually change me. Jesus, I'm going to come as I am. But I don't want you to penetrate. I'm going to stay this way. This is what our lives look like. Really reflecting stuff. But this is not biblical. He says, for once you were darkness, but now you are light. Walk as to, this is not light. This only reflects light. Let's see what it looks like to refract light, shall we, Ben? So, I bought this, this uh, I bought a diamond. I bought the biggest diamond I could find online because that's what we are. Take, take that diamond out. Show them what they look like. It's a big old diamond. Ooh, that's a big diamond. Let me just, let me just, y'all see that diamond? Shine bright like a diamond. Sorry. It's a diamond. It's not a diamond. I could not have. This would be like a million carat diamond. It's the biggest paperweight I could find. And I thought it was interesting that when you look at this, this diamond, the reason I picked this, I could have done anything that was like glass or, or crystal because what I want you to see is that this is not a flat surface. But not only is it not a flat surface, if you're looking at his hands right now, this light is not bouncing off. It's actually going through this diamond. You can see his hands, right? You can see straight through it, right? It's refracting light, but you say, man, I can't, I can't really see what, what it's doing. So I'm going to show you how it looks in a different way so you can see the difference in reflected and refracted. 
This is a light, and you've seen what a reflected light looks like, right? Let me hold this diamond. I need you to hold, grab the mirror. Hold this mic. Let's reflect light. We reflect it, bam. The reflected light, if you look at it, doesn't it look the same as the, as the normal light? Don't it look the same? There's no change. Oh my goodness. Look the same, don't it? Let's see what happens when we refract this light. When I shine this light through this diamond, if this is Jesus and this is you, something should happen when I shine light through. Look at the ceiling. Let's see if I can get this. Y'all see the difference? One. One turns into many. You see the difference? Because you know what's happening? This light is shining not on, it's shining through this diamond, and it's, it's refracting, it's bending off of all the different surfaces so that it starts this way, but because of the shape of this diamond, it looks now this way. What am I trying to tell you? The reason that we are all different because when the light of Jesus shines through us, the effects should look differently for all of us. Here is why I always say that we are created in the image of Christ, but at the end of the day, we are all called to show the world something different about who Christ is. If this diamond represents my life, when it shines through me, it looks like this. But because you're shaped differently than me, when it shines through you, it's gonna look different. Why? Because the world is supposed to learn something different about the way Christ's character is when it shines uniquely through you. Turn the lights on. Because now I get to preach. I need somebody to hear what that last verse of Matthew 5, 16 says. In the same way, let... What does it say? In the same way, let... Don't even read the word light. In the same way, let... In the same way, let... In the same way, let... Is yours different than mine? Is mine different than yours? Are all of ours different? It didn't say in the same way let his light. In the same way let your light. What is he trying to get you to do? Take ownership of the light that Christ is shining in you to show the world how Christ can be seen differently in all of us to affect the greatest change. Because the truth is, what people see about Jesus in me might attract some, but what people see about Jesus in you might attract somebody else. What people see in, about Jesus in you are going to attract somebody else. What people see about Jesus in you is going to attract somebody else. Put that verse back up. Put it back up. In the same way, let your light shine before others. You don't have light without Christ. His light shines through you and it becomes something different that impacts the world in different ways. 
that they may see whose good deeds? Whose good deeds? Faith without works is dead. We all have different giftings. We all have different anointings. So when the light comes on you, it exposes, it amplifies the gifts that God has put in you. You're not supposed to do what I do. You're supposed to do what you're do, you do. It's supposed to be your deeds. Stop. And go. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Are they supposed to see your good deeds and glorify you? The purpose of the light was never to shine through you to glorify you. It was to shine through you to glorify him. Y'all, we are salt and we are light. Do not allow the light of Jesus to reflect off you. Allow the light of Jesus to shine through you because there are people in the world that need to see Jesus in a way that you were only created to present and nobody else could present any other way Patrick you're the greatest dentist on the planet I pray that the, the light of God shines through you like nobody else B you the greatest engineer on the planet I pray the light of God shines through you like nobody else Baby girl, you're the greatest designer and pastor. And on the, I pray the light of Jesus shines through you. Ben, you have one of the greatest minds that it pertains to business and operations that any human on the, I pray the light of Jesus shines through you like nobody else. Kenny, you're one of the most caring, loving individuals on the planet. I pray the light of God shines through you like nobody else. Shanice, you the greatest real estate agent on the planet. I pray the light of Jesus shines through you like nobody else. Leo, Lucy, y'all the greatest mental health counselors on the planet. I pray the light of Jesus shines through you like nobody else. I'm being specific because the light of Jesus does something different through them than it does through me. And there's a person out there that thinks they have no purpose and they think they have no calling, it's because you haven't allowed the light of Jesus to shine through you. And the truth is he can't shine through you until you have a relationship with him. Until you have a real relationship with Jesus, all you gonna do is reflect. He's just gonna bounce off because you haven't let him expose who you really are. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you want the light of Jesus to shine through you, then you got to be vulnerable enough to let him expose some things in you. Because he cannot shine through you unless he exposes the things in you that he doesn't want in you. For the Bible says, I'm not calling anybody out, but the Bible says, all have sinned. All 
have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means there's something in all of us that must be exposed. But it's not exposure for embarrassment. It's exposure for accountability because when you're accountable, you can grow. That's how you come as you are and don't stay that way because you're allowing the light of Jesus to expose. But when something is exposed, you can adjust. You can make adjustments. So on the count of three, you want Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you if you want healing. I'm not asking you if you need a, final, a financial blessing. If you want Jesus Christ in your life to change you from the inside out, you want his light to shine on you and you want the world to see you shine. Sydney, made the grace of God shine down on your life, my brother. That's bold, man. See? It's not exposure for embarrassment. It's exposure for accountability. If you're in this room with every head bowed, every eye closed, my brother Sydney was already bold enough. If you want the light of Jesus to shine on, in, on the inside of you, you say, man, I've never done that before. You can do it today. Maybe you've done it before. Listen, Sydney's down there. He, he knows Jesus. I know he knows Jesus. I have no doubt in my mind about that. But he's saying, God, I need you to work some stuff out on the inside of me. Maybe you know him. Maybe you don't. This call is for all. If you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to change, you don't want to be the same person that you were. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold it up. High enough and long enough for me to see it. I see you and 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 you. If your hands up, stand up. Don't be scared. You already did the hard part. If your hands up, stand up. Come on. Come on. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. You did the hard part. Come. I want to pray with you. Come. 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 Everybody standing. Come. 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 Jesus, expose it. Expose it so you can change it. Expose it so you can change it. come you can fill out the middle we family you ain't got to do nothing alone I'm so proud of y'all for taking that initial first step if you out there and you say man I wanted to come but I'm kind of scared listen look at your neighbor we're family and say hey if you're scared I'll go with you if they say yeah grab my hand and walk them down here I'm gonna just I'm gonna leave a little bit of time. I just want to make sure everybody's getting prayed for that wants to get prayed for I just want to make sure I see you sis I see you praise God I see you come on praise God hallelujah thank you Jesus I love it I love it. I love it. Five, four, three, two, one. Everybody out in the audience, reach your hands towards them. If you're up at this altar, Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, he is raised from the dead, you're saved. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to know every book in the Bible. You confess, you believe. He will change you from the inside out. He's going to expose some things that you're going to have to deal with. But that ain't even my business to know. That's between you and him. But don't let him expose it and you don't deal with it. You got to deal with it to move forward. Amen? Maybe you want to raise your hands if you're up, up here. Just as a sign of surrender. But I want everybody here online to repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus 
I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Y'all give them a round of applause. I'm going to say one more prayer before I dismiss them. I'm proud of y'all for taking that step. And when you make a step like that, maybe you got questions. I don't like when people make that step and we don't answer their questions. So in a moment, I'm going to release you. See that sign that says, welcome to the family. Is that Charlene? Charlene, how you doing? That's my sis. I love her. She's awesome. Y'all going to follow her out. And we got a uh, Lamont. We got this gift for you. There's a Bible. There's a letter from me and my wife. There's a bunch of cool stuff in here just for you. I want to make sure you get this and that they answer your questions. In a moment, we're about to cheer for y'all louder than you've ever heard anybody cheer for you in your entire life. Because the Bible says when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. I can't open up the roof and show you, but I promise you, they cheering for you louder than any human will ever cheer for you in your life. But before I release them, I just, I just want to, I just want to ask... I want to ask, is there anybody out there, and this is no judgment, man, because you cannot change, listen, you cannot change what you are willing to tolerate. You cannot change what you are willing to tolerate. That means God's going to expose some things on the inside of you. If you got something in your life right now, I'm not going to ask you to exit with them, but I want you to come up and start filling up these uh these aisles here if you got something in your life that you know god needs to expose because you need him to deal with it i'm not telling you to tell everybody about your stuff saying yo god i got something in me i need you to deal with i need you to expose if that's you raise your hand right now don't be scared if that's you get get, get in the altar yeah see look come down come down come 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 let him deal with it you've been trying to deal with it on your own in private deal with it here at this altar deal with it and i'm gonna pray for y'all yeah, let God deal with it. Come on, come, come, come. Encourage them. Clap when they come and encourage. Want to deal with it. If I hadn't had my face before God many a night, there'd have been some stuff inside of me that, that, that would have been killing me. There's things inside of you that are literally killing you right now. But because you're scared to expose yourself, you don't deal with it. Reach your hands towards me right now. Father God, I'm praying for everybody at this altar and maybe folks that were too, too scared to expose themselves. God, I know that there's some stuff you want to deal with on the inside of them right now. God, I pray that your light would shine on them, but shine on them in such a way, not where there is shame, not where there is embarrassment, but I pray that the light of Jesus will shine on them so that there is freedom because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, God. I pray for freedom from addiction. I pray for freedom from bondage. I pray for freedom from guilt. I pray for freedom from shame, God. As you expose the truth about who you are to them, God, may you also expose the truth of their purpose, God, that you want to fulfill on this earth that can only happen through the individual. God, I'm praying right now, in the name of Jesus, that you would embrace them in your loving arms and let them know they got nothing to be ashamed of, God. 
because when the truth of the Lord shines down on them Lord that's when they experience true freedom I pray these things release the guilt release the bondage release the hurt release the shame release somebody of their past right now in the name of Jesus release them into their glorious future I pray these things in Jesus name and everybody said on the count of three one crew is about to leave not the second crew the second crew stay down because we're gonna worship a little bit but the first crew that came up on the count of three cheer for them louder than they've ever experienced here we go one two three y'all go let them know let them know let them know worship worship if you're down here raise your hands raise your hands worship him come on Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.